not hit that again. You <laughs> <laughs> just kept playing. Hello, folks. Welcome to the Gryffindor Common Room. I'm your host, Retta. And I'm your host, Michelle. <laughs> We're off to a great start today. Uh, yeah, welcome to the Gryffindor Common Room. This is a place where all are welcome, regardless of your house. We're just here to treat each other with kindness and respect and do some deep dives into the wizarding world. All right, before we get started, we do have some news here. Right now, all eight Harry Potter films are available in the United Kingdom on Netflix. Uh, This was verified from a news website called Independent News. Also, there is a new expansion in the Hogwarts mystery game. Uh, This does come straight from the Wizarding World website. Uh, The article starts off with, did you think that your Harry Potter Hogwarts mystery adventure was about to end? Well, think again. Check out this new trailer for an exciting expansion. So, um, it's the uh, Newt exams have arrived. Um, Looks pretty cool. I saw the trailer for a few seconds um so makes me wonder how many expansions are gonna be coming out yeah i played that game for a while did you ever play it i have it have i played it no do i have it yes because <laughs> yeah like i played it on my phone for a while when it first came out and really enjoyed it and i think i even made it to like fifth year or something like that But then I just got to the point where it was like, unless I was constantly on my phone, always having to do all of the tasks all the time, I could never complete things by the time it was due. And so I was like, I don't want to be spending this much time playing this game. Like, it's just not worth it to me. So, Yeah, I think that's why I I opened it when I first got it and I was like, oh, I need to sit there and actually be on this all the time. But... I, I want to give it another shot. I do. Yeah. I mean, since I don't have Hogwarts Legacy yet. Yes, I realize it's out for the PlayStation 4. Do I have it yet? No. You know, life is happening. End of the school year. Kids graduating. You know, minor little things taking up time. Yeah, minor little things, and then, you know, I sit there and think about stuff like, oh, I could sit there and save that money, and Red and I can go do more at LeakyCon than what we plan <laughs> to, you know, so there's that. Because, more celebrity know, meetups. More celebrity meetups. Our alcohol budget grows, you know, I mean, priorities. <laughs> it's going to be great. I'm so excited. <laughs> I know, and the countdown is really beginning. Is we are. Let's see. I've got seventy-eight days till LeakyCon, so. Yeah, right over two months. So. Yep. We're in the process of picking out our ribbons. We're thinking about doing buttons. We're starting. Yeah, we filled out our forms for our panels. We got to mm-hmm. put together our outlines and notes for those still, but. The one we'll be collaborating on, the other one we'll still be keeping our notes private, I think. (laughs) That will be, I'm not telling you what I found. As I take my book on Snape with me and it's all highlighted and ruined and I have to get another copy. (laughs) 
worth it. Very much worth it. Um, but no, it's going to be a great time. And a reminder, we will be doing a preview of what we know what will go- be going on at LeakyCon, uh, closer to the time of LeakyCon. Uh, probably be doing it about a month out from LeakyCon. So if anyone has doubts on what's going on there or you're thinking about buying last minute tickets, we'll have your info. And hopefully by then we'll know when our panels are. Yes. I hope. Yep. As long as we make the Gryffindor meetup, we're good. Yep. Um, All right. right. So before we get too far into the show, please don't forget to rate, like, follow us wherever you're listening. Uh, That really helps us to grow because it helps new listeners to find the show and, um, you know, tells whatever program you're listening on that we're a cool podcast and other people should check us out. So it helps them recommend us. It doesn't let them know how goofy and dorky we are, though. So you have to put that in the review itself. Right. Um, Reviews. All right. Spoiler. Spoiler. If I can talk today. (coughs) Spoiler alert. We will be discussing the entire series. Remember, anytime we do a deep dive into characters, there are spoilers bound to happen. I don't think we said what we're covering today, did we? Oh. No. (laughs) I forgot to put that in the outline. I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this, you saw our uh, episode title. Uh, We're talking about top five villains in the Harry Potter series, other than Voldemort. Obviously, you know, he's the big bad whenever. But uh, we wanted to talk about some of the other bad people in the series. And with that comes a content and trauma warning. um, Because we're discussing some of the darkest characters in the series. And some of these people did some really, really terrible things. Um, We're not going to be going, like, darker than what's in the books. But, like, some of the stuff in the later books is pretty mature. Um, So just, you know, if you've got kids under, like, 10 to 13, maybe give it a listen beforehand. Um, Also just wanted to put a trauma trigger warning that we will be discussing some cases of assault um, in case that's something you're sensitive to. All right. Um, Before we get started on this, uh, this is not an individual list. This is Rada and I discussing which were the top five. Uh, Because there are multiple villains out there. Um, This is actually an interesting point as to who's considered a villain. I I found a post on Tumblr about, it was talking about how anytime someone's evil, we automatically sort them into Slytherin. But that there were some other villains out there and some evil people who were not Slytherins. And a good example of that, and he's not on our list, but a very good example of that is Lockhart. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone likes to call him inept. However, inept as he may have been, he was also evil. He obliter- eh, obliterated people's memories of what went on in their lives to steal their memories and to use it to write his own books. Now, you have to think, you know, 
in any point in your life, anytime you're going through something, you end up making relationships, whether those be friendships or romantic relationships. So imagine you've made a friend, you know, you've gone through something extremely, I don't know, traumatic wouldn't even be the right word, but very meaningful in your life. And you've made a friend. You're, it's not just the memory of that event that's gone, but the friendship as well. So um, he would be considered evil. Uh, now, I do believe everyone on this list is a Slytherin. Except for one, because I'm not sure he ever went to Hogwarts, or maybe he did. I don't know. Um, but these are some very bad characters and they make Lockhart look tame. So let's get into this list. And usually we read off the list and then discuss in detail, but we're going to do this a little different. We're going to go character by character and I'm not going to give you guys a heads up. So uh, Rutta, do you want to start with the first one there? Yeah, so we've got Lucius Malfoy here. Um, and just, he was one of those people that had that pureblood mania and just the prejudice against anybody who was a muggle or muggle-born, just thinking that purebloods were the best and everybody else was less than, which is just... <sighs> prejudice makes me very mad because everybody is equally worthy of kindness and respect. So, yep. um, yeah, the way that he treated muggles, the way that he treated people like the Weasleys, who were purebloods but were kind to muggles, the way that he treated Dobby, I mean, even some of the things that he says to Draco that we see are, like, not cool, dude. Very toxic. Mm-hmm. Very toxic parent. Um very toxic individual. Um, of course, he was around during Voldemort's first reign of terror. That, you know, when Voldemort, quote-unquote, died, banished, however you want to phrase it, he said, oh, I didn't mean any of it. I was under the Imperius curse, you know. But, of course, Voldemort comes back and he's like, oh, look, here I am, a Death Eater once again. Yeah. yeah. He almost got Jenny Weasley killed. Yeah, trying to frame Jenny slash Arthur for having Voldemort's diary by slipping mm -hmm. it into her cauldron. Um, I mean, how evil do you have to be? I think that's pretty much something all of these have in common is children were targeted. Yeah. Like, this is... At the time, she wasn't even 11 yet. Like, you're doing this to this preteen child? Right. Trying to frame her for having this super dark object? Like, how did you think that was gonna go? Like... Right, and then, you know... Didn't care if, if she got caught up into it and died. Oh, what's one more? Um, 
But like you said, I, he treated everyone with this, like he had this air of superiority. <laughs> Y'all can't see it, but I'm rolling my eyes so deeply right now because <laughs> oh, yeah. just it frustrates me to no end when people act like they're better than other people. You're like, mm, you're really not. I don't care who I- you are, how famous you think you are, how famous you may actually be, like... You're just a person the same way that I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's even described as, as arrogant. Mm-hmm. Which is definitely a, a good description of him. Um, he is called My Slippery Friend by Voldemort. I mean, <laughs> for Voldemort to call you that, I mean, <laughs> how bad do you have to be? Yeah, pretty bad. The only, I wouldn't even say redeeming, because that's not even a good word, because it, it, it wasn't because he saw the wrong in what he was doing. Uh, the only, I guess, somewhat decent no, that's still not right. I mean, he did, you know, at the end, sit there and go, okay, maybe we shouldn't be in- involved in this. But his ideals didn't change. It was more of a turning away from Voldemort. It wasn't turning toward the light or turning toward being more loving and accepting or any of that. Right. No. Um, if anyone in that family could have turned that way... Other than Draco. I honestly believe that it would have been Narcissa. Yeah. Uh, To her family meant everything. And this is just a little headcanon that I have. But I fully believe that, you know, after Tonks and Lupin are gone and Andromeda is having to raise Teddy, that Narcissa was like, okay, what can I do to help you? You're my sister. I love you. You're now stuck raising your grandchild. What can I do? That's my own little personal headcanon. Just because she was very family oriented. And you see that when um, she goes to confirm if Harry's dead or not. And she lies to Voldemort's face. Now, grants to protect her son, but... Yeah. I mean, that's a very strong sense of family. Lucius, I think, would have seen that Harry was alive and gone... Nope, he's alive. Yeah, get the answer I want about Draco being alive and then turn over Harry. Why would I care? Yes. Yes, whereas Narcissa was like, well, if I can protect two at once. I think that's where you see the mothering instinct come in with her. But Lucius, I don't really feel had a that father instinct, even. No, not even to Draco. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So... And he did. I mean, he, he was willing to. I wouldn't. I don't know if willing, but you don't see him having a problem with having to kill Dumbledore. You nope. see Narcissa have a problem with it. But Lucius is the one that's been trying to get Dumbledore kicked out of the school as headmaster the entire time, like since day one of the series. 
you know, he's the one that serves him, you know, intimidates all the other school governors into kicking, or, um, suspending Dumbledore as headmaster in Chamber of Secrets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we hear it in everything that Draco just parrots from what he hears at home about, you know, calling people mudbloods and saying that Dumbledore is the worst thing to ever happen to the school and just all of this super hateful speech that you're just like, mm. yeah, no, the 11 year old did not pick up on those and decide that for himself. He picked that up at home. That was modeled behavior that he is copying. Very much so. Um, and, you know, if you see, you know, Narcissa had a problem with the way Draco was acting. Lucius did not. So what does that say about Lucius even more? Yeah. Just cared about the family name. I don't think he really cared about Draco himself all that much. No, I think it was like, oh, look, I have my son there. Life is good. Okay. Yeah. So Jason Isaacs, by the way, phenomenal, phenomenal actor. He did so good with Lucius. He just (laughs) always plays some sleazeball like that. And I just, he's brilliant. I always hate his characters, but I love him as an actor because he makes me love to hate these characters. You know, I don't know if I've ever seen Jason Isaacs not play a bad guy. Hmm. I don't think I have either. Uh, I think the first movie I had ever really recognized him in, not seen him in, but recognized him in um, was Armageddon. He didn't play a bad guy there. But he also didn't have a huge part. It's been forever since I've seen that one. Right. But when you look at big parts, you know, for example, The Patriot. Yeah. He played a bad guy. Oh, I hated his character in that so much. Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure there, you know, I'm sure there are people out there who know every movie he's been in and could sit there and go, oh, no, he was amazing in this one. He played a good guy in this one, a good guy in that one. Honestly, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I will say I loved him. He voiced one of the characters in Star Wars Rebels, and that character made a appearance in the live-action Kenobi show, and they should have just had Jason Isaacs back to do it. Instead of the guy that they recast for the Grand Inquisitor, because the guy they recast did not capture the character at all. But that's a whole other discussion. Yeah. But yeah, Jason Isaacs just brilliantly pulled that off. Um, Just made me dislike the character even more. Yeah. Well, like, at the end of Chamber of Secrets, when we see him, like, pull out his wand and he's about to literally evade cadaver Harry, like, <laughs> that wasn't scripted. That was just him doing improv, and that was the only spell that he could remember, and they left it in. I just, yeah. Um, I do think, you know, that he really captured... Uh, there's an interview on film, and if I can ever find the link again, I will make sure we get it posted somewhere for y'all. But he's talking about his character, Lucius, and how he thinks Lucius would act. And one of the first things is his interaction with Dobby. That's the first scene he filmed, I think he said. 
and he, you know, swings his leg out and then he takes his cane and like swishes it and he, and they called cut and said, what are you doing? He's like, well, I kicked Dobby down the stairs and then I hit him upside the head with my cane. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. And of course there, you know, Dobby is CGI. So, you know, there was nothing there, but for him to sit there and think, oh, well, this is something that this character would do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Lucius, what a sleazeball. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Very much so. Um, I don't like him. <laughs> nope. Nope. I, he's a very good character, and what I mean by that is he's very... Well, all of her characters are very well written. Um... But I can look at the character and go, okay, I I feel reading the books that I got a good visual of the character. Love to hate him. Oh, very much so. All right, on to the next one. <laughs> this one's equally as evil. Barty Crouch Jr. Where do you even start with this guy? I mean... Uh, the fact that he let his mother die in Azkaban for him? Or the fact that he was one of the ones that was... Like, the reason he was in Azkaban is because he was helping Bellatrix and her husband torture the Longbottoms into insanity? Mm -hmm. Or killing his father and transfiguring his body into a bone and burying it in the Forbidden Forest on the Hogwarts grounds? <laughs> Again, stuff the movies have left out... Locking a man in a crate for a year <laughs> and pretending to be him. Well, yeah, there's that too. Um, you know, and here's the thing for people who don't realize, maybe you haven't done the math, and I wouldn't blame you because doing the math is, especially when reading the books or watching the movies, you, you don't want to sit there and think about all this. But he was only around 18 to 20 years old. When he was sent to Azkaban. He's barely an adult at that point. Well, and what's crazy is that when he does get out of Azkaban and he's given a second chance, he chooses to continue in the ways of trying to serve Voldemort and not trying to do what's right like you know right. he learned obviously learned nothing from his time in Azkaban no I mean well he was only there for a year or less True. than a year um now Grant, his mother was the one that convinced his father to let her magically change places to save her son and that says a lot about her as a mother you know, she doesn't want to see her child in jail. She loves her child. Because we didn't but, see that in the books, right? That, or in the movies. That was just a book thing. That's just a book thing. Um, and I don't even think it was mentioned in the movies. Now that I think about it. I don't even think that was discussed. But the thing that gets me most about that is that he didn't have a problem with that. Yep, just lets his mother take his place and then 
comes home and he's in hiding at home for a year and or for, not for a year he's in hiding at home and for his father years. keeps him under the imperious curse under the invisibility cloak and the only people that know about this are his father Barty crouch who's like a super important ministry official and mm-hmm. their house elf winky mm-hmm. and yeah the way that he treated and manipulated winky is just tragic yes um and that's i think because we don't see winky in the movies uh you know people look at how and we talked about this last week how serious treated creature that was nothing compared to how barty crouch jr treated winky or even how the malfoys treated dobby i mean house elves were less than vermin to the wizarding mm-hmm. families mm-hmm. and you know i don't i do not think sirius would have treated dobby like that but then again dobby wouldn't have called sirius every name in the book um However, Barty Crouch Jr. You know, this is this is a house elf who did nothing bad to him, who didn't call him names, who didn't at least with, with Sirius and Creature that was there was that mutual disrespect. Yep. And I'm not going into my thoughts and theories on why he hated Creature. Let's just look at the facts. There was mutual disrespect. There was none between Barty Crouch Jr. and Winky. Yet he treated her with so much disrespect. Yeah, she just wanted to serve and please her masters. Like, even after she was freed, she was like, no, I is keeping my master's secrets. I is a good house elf. Mm-hmm. Like, she had nothing to lose. You know, there was no reason she couldn't tell everybody what actually happened. But she refused because she was so loyal to the Crouches. Right. Right. Um here's another thing and I think this is this goes into my defense of Snape but it just also shows you how hated Barty Crouch Jr. was um, if we're looking at the movies okay Snape says you know just a few drops of Veritaserum would have Voldemort telling his darkest secret and what does he do when he sees quote-unquote, Mad-Eye Moody pulled out of the trunk and they're trying to figure out uh, who it really is. He gives him almost the entire bottle. He just dumps it down his throat. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think he... Uh, there might have been a, a, a bit of rage there behind that action of giving him the entire thing. Well, and I think that, sorry to defend Snape again, that kind of shows really, that was kind of a hint, at least in the movies, on whose whose side Snape was really on at that point. But I have a feeling he thinks he might know who it is, and he just pours that whole damn bottle on. He's like, yep, I'm going to find out who just brought Voldemort back to life. Okay. (laughs) I don't care what this does to you. One bottle of Veritaserum, I'll brew more. 
we do need to acknowledge just how masterful Barty Crouch Jr. was with all of his schemes and plots. And I mean, I don't think there are many wizards that would be able to actually take Mad-Eye Moody by surprise and successfully lock him in a trunk and use him as a living source of hair for a polyjuice potion for an entire school year. Right. Um, not, not Moody, uh, of all wizards. Yeah. Or the fact that, like, he was smart enough to, like, he was really telling the truth when he said, there's nothing I hate more than a Death Eater who walked free, which makes it sound like, you know, he's on the side of the good guys. It sounds like something Moody would say, but no, actually, he's just mad because he's like, well, I was imprisoned and I stayed loyal and you didn't. And that's why he has it out for Draco is because the Malfoys were like, oh, Voldemort's gone. Uh, yeah, we were on the side of the light the whole time. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think. I, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure that. Barty Crouch Jr. probably had his doubts about Snape. Now, let's get into a little bit of an interesting fact about this man, because this just kind of shows um, his intellect and his intelligence. Okay. If what his father has said is correct, okay, Barty Crouch Jr. managed to get earned 12 owls. OWLSs. 12. Hermione did not do that. Hermione was unable to accomplish that. He also was able to impersonate Mad-Eye Moody for eight months, even though he didn't know Mad-Eye Moody. Which means he had to study him. Being able to fool people who knew Mad-Eye Moody as well as, like, Dumbledore and McGonagall would have because of how no- long they would have known him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. <sighs> you know, it's something else that gets me, too. He was making Polyjuice Potion. So, with making that polyjuice potion, we know that Snape thought it was Harry stealing from his stores. This means Barty Crouch Jr. was stealing from Snape. Okay, now. Honestly, Snape probably had a good reason for believing Harry did it. Um... Because I'm sure he heard about Hermione being turned into a cat at some point. Okay. A little bit of a consultation of like, so Professor Snape, hypothetically, if a student presented with these symptoms, (laughs) what potion do you think they took that went wrong? (laughs) Right. Um, yeah. (laughs) Uh... You can just imagine that conversation. Um, 
but yeah, so he fooled Snape into being able to steal from his stores. I mean, <laughs> that man is just evil. Seriously. Well, I mean, he wasn't serious, but you know, I mean. Okay. Well, <laughs> sorry, we got I'm all those puns out of the way last week. Never? No, when you're talking the world of Harry Potter, <laughs> the, the serious puns are always serious. <laughs> are they very dear to your heart? <laughs> I won't rat you out for them. Okay, okay, okay. Um, uh, Alright. You want to take the uh, next jerk on our list? Ugh. Yeah, man. So, our next person, Fenrir Greyback, who was a werewolf that... You know how in every group there's the extremists that give that entire group a bad name. Fenrir Greyback is the extremist who gives the werewolves a bad name. Because most werewolves are like Lupin, and they're harmless, it only affects them once a month, and they take measures to make sure they don't hurt anybody else. Fenrir Greyback was the complete opposite of that. Um, mm-hmm. He would intentionally place himself near children during full moons, and didn't have an issue with biting people's children as punishment for things like punishment for things that they've done against Voldemort like he's the one that turned Lupin into a werewolf I'm pretty sure he's the one that turned Draco into a werewolf that's why Draco says you know shows his arm to the shopkeeper in Borgen and Burks and is like oh my dear friend Fenrir Greyback could come by and you know have a visit yes your headcanon about that yes yeah. Well, okay, so here here's another point about well, a few other points about Greyback. He was considered a low level Death Eater. He did not have uh the mark. Mm-hmm. Um but he was only a follower of Voldemort for access to victims, not because he believed what Voldemort was teaching. Which, for the record, Voldemort's teachings were anti-werewolf as well, because he considered them less than human. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, look, we, in the past, and you and I have talked about comparing Voldemort to Hitler. That would have been like someone joining the Nazi party to kill people, but not because they believed what Hitler believed. That's just vile, disgusting... Makes me sick in my stomach. Atrocious, yes. Yes. Yeah. Not to mention his whole fascination with Hermione that I'm sure extended to other young Mm -hmm. women as well. I mean, Mm -hmm. in the movie we see right after Ron leaves in Deathly Hollows, Hermione ties her scarf to a tree and a few scenes later, when we see Fenrir, he's wearing her scarf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's um, creepy. 
there are more possibilities with what would have happened to Hermione. And we'll leave it at that. Um, and it, when they were at Malfoy Manor, when they were captured. Uh, so disturbing. Yeah. Absolutely disturbing and disgusting. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, on a different note with him. You know, let's talk about Lupin for a second. You know, when we see Lupin, if we didn't know, and I'm talking movies here, uh, if we, well, let's talk books here but as well, but mainly movies because you get that visual. Other than the slash marks across his face, you don't see anything werewolf about him. Mm-mm. There's no reason to think that he couldn't be what Bill is. Someone who might maybe likes their stakes a little on the rare side. There's no clue. Okay? With Greyback, <laughs> he is disguised as uh, having claw-like yellow nails. Ugh. Pointed, bloody, or brown teeth. He looks like a werewolf even when he is not in trans- transformation. Um, and I think he, he gets off on that. I mean, I know he gets off on that. He loves that. Yeah, the fear that he can instill. Oh, yeah. Um, But remember that, you know, according to Lupin, um, according to Lupin, Greyback is, I'm trying to remember how he put it, like, the most savage of the werewolves. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, And it's his... mission um, to infect as many people as possible. And he preaches to werewolves that they should get revenge on the wizarding world. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, anybody who preys on people that are weaker than them is just, I mean, you shouldn't prey on people. You shouldn't prey on people who are weaker than you simply because they're weaker than you. And you especially shouldn't prey on children. Mm-hmm. And he very much so did that, like, like we mentioned, putting himself in target-rich environments when he knew the full moon was coming. And... What? Well, yeah. well, you know, he attacked Lupin when Lupin was five years old. Ugh. 
which is just tragic. All because Lupin's dad wanted him imprisoned. You want me in prison? I'll show you. I'm going to infect right. your son with a lifelong condition. Right. Um, that just kind of proves the point that you should be in prison. <laughs> right? Uh... Yeah. Um... Yeah. Hmm. He... You know, something we we do see from him is, again, we don't we don't know the outcome for Lavender Brown. Um, in in the books, it's not mentioned. In the movies, though, we see him killing her, and relishing in it. Yeah. So I will give it to uh, Trelawney because she is the one that she wounded him. She didn't kill him, but she did wound him with a crystal ball during uh, the Battle of Hogwarts. And then Neville and Ron were able to, quote unquote, by the book, bring him down later. So. I will give it to uh, Trelawney for that one. Yep. Shout out. <laughs> I mean, as weird as that woman may be. She came through when it counted. <laughs> she brought down a werewolf. Yeah. Was Fenrir also the one that attacked Bill? I do believe so. I I. I'm 99% sure. Because I don't remember hearing of any other werewolf in the series that intentionally attacked people even when they weren't transformed. Well, you and gotta that's... remember, that's something that's something that he actually pushed for. You know, was for werewolves to do that. So um, it, it would make sense that it was Fenrir that attacked Bill and scarred him permanently and you know, Lupin's like, I don't know how that's going to affect him because, you know, the werewolf that attacked him wasn't transformed at the time, but, like, he was still attacked by a werewolf. All right, you know what? See, this is when the lexicon is going to come in handy because I'm going to double check that. Uh, yes. Yes. Um. He was savaged by the werewolf Greyback. He survived with only some scarring and a penchant for raw meat. Yeah. Which so. does lead to one of my favorite scenes in the entire series where Fleur is like, I've had enough of Molly and Ginny and the rest of you disrespecting me. He's my husband. I don't know why you think that there wouldn't be a wedding. All these scars are going to show is that my husband is brave. I'm going to be taking care of him. I don't care how good he looks. I'm good enough looking for the both of us. Leave me alone. Like, girl, get it. Yes. I, I'll admit I did not like her up until that point. 
I think I did like her, but I loved her a lot more from that moment on where I was like, okay, no, this is actually a character I can really relate to and really, really like. Right. I, there was something about her I didn't like. I felt that she was one of those, oh, I'm better than everyone because I'm part Vila. Now, the funny thing about that, though, is movie Fleur. I love her. I, mm, I don't like movie Fleur as much. <laughs> I love movie Fleur. You know why I like her in the movie? Because, well, she's beautiful. It's not like she's trying to seek out the attention. Yeah. So, you know, I I do like movie Fleur. I think my issue with movie Fleur is less with the actress and more with the fact that Bobatons was written as an all-girls school. So it just seemed like, oh, well, we have to have a girl in here. So we'll have the girl from the all-girls school will be our one champion. And it's like, no, it was a co-ed school. She was the best of all of the students there, not just the best of the girls. But that's a whole yeah, other discourse I, we'll cover in a few weeks. Right, but I didn't I didn't like that at all. Um either. But I felt like she was less showy. Yeah. So, um yeah. I don't know. Just I, I liked her. I thought she was yeah. played very well. I did not like that they cut out so many of her scenes. Yeah. Maybe in the show. Look, if they're going to go in the show, they have to show everything, which, okay, (laughs) here we go, guys. If they do show everything in the show that they've promised from the books, um, you're, there's going to be things you're not going to want to see. There is some very dark content and some very gory scenes. Everything that we've just talked about. Yep. So. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, You got our next one? I got. Hmm. Okay. The sad thing is. My boss. This is his favorite character. I actually really like this character too. But like. But this is his favorite. I mean, I like her too, but this is his favorite. You think I'm bad for liking Snape? No, no, no. Uh, my boss, as much as I adore my boss, his favorite character is Bellatrix Lestrange. Oh, man. Oh, I could just crucio her for hours. She might enjoy that. You're not wrong. (laughs) See, I'd like to find a way to bring people back from the dead. Avada her, bring her back. Avada her, bring her back. You know, just repeatedly. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, you want to... My Slytherin showing. (laughs) (laughs) You want to go into some of the atrocities? 
from Bellatrix here. I hate Bellatrix. Um, we're gonna stop. We're gonna start, and this is going backwards. But her torturing Hermione. And carving mud blood into her arm. Um, and and this is where I say the entire cast did such an amazing job during that scene. Look, whether you like um, how uh, Ron was written or not, how Hermione was written or not. They did an amazing job filming that scene. And of course, I had already read the book at this point, and I already knew what was coming. And it was just, it was torture to watch. Because Emma Watson's screams sound so real. Yes. I mean, and the, it the is pan- killing. Yes. And the panic you see in Rupert Grint's face. Yeah. I just it oof. the book scene itself is a lot worse. Yeah. Is the book clear on exactly how she was tortured because it's pretty much just told from Harry's perspective while they're locked in the cellar, right? Correct, but then we, you know, uh, we find out, you know, she's got mud blood carved into her arm and, and stuff like that. You know, so we, we find out later, but yeah. Um, I believe she's got a scar on her neck from that blade. Yep. And then she's got mud blood across her. Um, now, was that just a movieism, or was that in the book too? The Mudblood, I believe it was uh, in the book, too. Okay. I need to reread um, Deathly Hollows. I need to reread the entire series before Leaky Kong. I know I keep saying that, but I actually need to do it. Uh, yeah, I've actually thought, do I want to reread them? Or I did discover, I'm putting this out there for anyone. I think I mentioned it a few episodes ago. I did find on YouTube uh, that the audiobooks are on YouTube. Oh, I didn't know they were on YouTube. I've used Libby yes, for them. and Yes, and it is um, the actual person who recorded it. Oh, the Jim Dale version? Mm-hmm. Oh. He says some words weird, like he calls it Gryffinda. Which is okay. not how it's pronounced in the movies or in my brain. So it's just weird. But, like, overall, he does such a good job with bringing those to life. Right, so... um yeah, uh, it is, it is in there, um, it is on there, so I, I may do that, Whew. um, I'm gonna look on Lexicon real quick here, I believe that, uh, double checking the scar thing.
while you're looking at that, I'll cover some of the other notes we had yeah, on her. Um, she was Voldemort's top lieutenant. Uh, she absolutely subscribed to that pure blood mania and just prejudice against muggles, muggleborns, half-bloods even, um, that dominated so many of the Death Eaters. And, I mean, she just relished in torturing people and inflicting pain and spreading fear and hate. And like we mentioned earlier when we were talking about Barty Crouch Jr., she was one of three that was responsible after Voldemort's disappearance for torturing uh, Frank and Alice Longbottom, Neville's parents, into insanity, just trying to get information about Voldemort's whereabouts. That's not information the Longbottoms had. Even if they had wanted to give it up, they couldn't have. And she right. still was... <clears throat> yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, no, she did not have the scar in the book. It was worse. By the way. Does it elaborate on what worse is? In the books, the torture is quite graphic, including lots of screaming and Bellatrix dropping a chandelier on Hermione. I did not remember the chandelier thing. The movie omitted the chandelier and instead opted to have Bellatrix carve the racial slur mudblood into Hermione's arm. Um, This acted as a nice callback to the earlier films when Umbridge had Harry scar himself by writing lines in detention as a as well as a unique way to leave Hermione with a very special reminder of the war but she did have um a scar I was told um that was revealed later on that Bellatrix did have a knife near her and nicked her at one point yeah so um that's just Mm. I mean to do that to this I mean she was 18 at the time but to this young girl and Bellatrix just didn't care she was just all about what she wanted and pleasing Voldemort and yeah Mm -hmm. now did you want to share your theory about what Voldemort did to Bellatrix okay so this goes back to to my head canon of why she liked the crucio crucio cruciatus curse again michelle cannot speak today you know what i'm not even gonna say edit those out let everyone hear that i'm just a brainless wonder today um we both are it's all good yeah uh I think Bellatrix's love of the Cruciatus Curse was because it was used on her from Voldemort. And if you... It's not said in the books, but it is shown... Well, I mean, we know he used the Cruciatus on Death Eaters. That's... That was uh, a given. But if you look in the scene after they escape Malfoy Manor and Voldemort's coming through... Bellatrix is huddled up and rocking back and forth and shaking like she's been crucioed. Yeah. And so, you know, any chance she gets to use the cruciatus? Yeah. And I've often wondered, 
it's not it's not said in the books but I've often wondered if she used that on Hermione when she was torturing her oh there's no doubt in my mind that she did in the book if nothing else I mean we don't really see that in the movie but I feel like that's you think that's a given yeah I feel like that's just her default <laughs> like Harry's has his default spell yeah Harry's default is yeet the wand out of their hand well you know why right because Hermione said uh, getting expelled was worse than death (laughs) she said it you can't deny she said it I don't think that that is what she was referring to but okay (laughs) did you tell Harry that because I think that's (laughs) You know, he, he took it seriously. <laughs> I don't know how to take this person down. Let me just yeet their wand right out of their hand. There we go. We're good. <laughs> well, it worked on Voldemort. Why can't I use it on everybody else? He does use other spells in the books, folks. Okay? They just didn't include that in the movie. Yeah. He is actually a very competent wizard. So. (laughs) When he's using his brain. Which is as long as Jenny is not around. I was going to say, teenage boy using a brain. You know, with their upstairs brain. She said it, not me. <laughs> Look, you know, here here's the thing though. You know, Harry just needed Hermione to smack him upside the head of <laughs> Okay, so we had a little audio problem there. <laughs> All right, so Basically, to sum up Bellatrix, uh, it's um, she's triple dipped in psycho. Yeah, that's that's good way to put it. Um, personally, at at times, I believe she gives Voldemort a run for his money. Yeah, because she's like even more proactive about spreading and spreading violence and attacking and yeah yeah she Voldemort has a goal and if you're not in his way he kind of leaves you alone mm-hmm. um she just seems to look at a person and go, oh, that would be a fun one to torture. <clears throat> Let me see what I can do about this. Yeah. Uh, that is another reason I will never agree with Cursed Child on her having Voldemort's child. She is not the motherly type at all. I'm pretty sure her husband put a permanent birth control charm on himself so they would not have a child. Yeah. I... 
He's like, look, I'm already married to Psycho. I don't need Psycho spreading. <laughs> well, and just with the importance of bloodlines when you were part of the Sacred 28 and you actually cared about pure blood and all of that, like, I don't see people who are that worried about bloodlines being okay with procreating with somebody other than your husband while your husband is still alive. Not only that, but Vol- Voldemort's not a pureblood. Yep. And she would know that. So why would she yep. want to have... Anything less than a pureblood child. Right. Yeah. By the way, I, I walked out of uh, work yesterday looking at Dantes and going, by the way, Chris Child is not canon, and walked away with him <laughs> laughing. Fitting. <laughs> All right. I do have a uh, runner-up in our list of uh, villains. Yeah. Peter Pettigrew. Mm. <sighs> yeah. And he's, in a way, he's almost worse because, like Lockhart, he pretended to be a good person and hid his true intentions. Like, at least with a lot of these other characters, you know, Barty Crouch eventually, you know, hid it first, too. But a lot of these other characters were just brutal and evil up front. Right. And he sold out his best friends. Yeah. Yeah, so I... Gets his so-called best friends killed. Gets another one framed for their murder and his murder. Follows Voldemort around. That's a runner-up right there. Um, no redeeming qualities. I think my runner-up would probably be Quirrell. Mm-hmm. It was stupid enough to, you know, go into the dark forest in Albania, and then, yeah, let's Voldemort implant himself in the back of his head and onto his soul and like literally tries to murder children and yeah problematic oh yeah oh yeah I mean there were quite like like you and I talked about there were quite a few villains uh, the Dursleys oh yeah I mean I mm. right um that's one thing I think is so magical about these books and these movies is unlike some where there's a clear cut, this is your one villain and everyone is against this villain. You have multiple at different stages. Yeah. Really having the layers of people like that makes it seem real because like Sirius says, the world is not sorted into good people and death eaters. And right. Yes. Like death eaters are bad people who are, racist are bad but there are plenty of other people who are bad and not for being racist right for other things yeah like we talked about with Greyback, he didn't align himself with voldemort's beliefs at all 
He just wanted access to victims. And that itself is a very horrible thing. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, on to our number one villain. Other... And I bet y'all can guess. Than Voldemort. If y'all don't guess... I'm going to start questioning all of y'all. Yep. And the winner of the Beep 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 of the Year award goes to Dolores Umbridge. Yeah, I... mm. I mean, easily one of the most universally hated figures in any fictional universe. Like, you know, like we mentioned with Bellatrix, there's people that Bellatrix is their favorite character in any franchise, you know, like Star Wars. Vader is the villain, but there's a lot of people that really like him. And Umbridge is not one of those characters. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. She let's let's talk about all of this here. So she doesn't want anything to do with part human species. Werewolves, centaurs, half giants, mer people. Uh even Hagrid was persecuted because he's a half giant. Mm-hmm. I mean the, the biggest teddy bear in the entire series. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. 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 So, um, just, yeah. Hmm. I don't not to mention yeah. all of the nonsense that she pulls while she's at Hogwarts in Order of the Phoenix. I mean, I, I just made like a short list here. You know, all of the extra rules and regulations. There was what, like a hundred and nine? <laughs> yes. I don't even remember what they were called, but proclamations or something <sighs> like that. Uh-huh. Of just Boys and girls are not allowed to be within this far of each other. And, you, you know, you're not supposed to have any meetings of more than three students, you know, outside of classrooms and approved study groups. And, mm-hmm. you know, giving a lifelong Quidditch ban to Harry, Fred, and George when, like, Draco and the Slytherins were doing the exact same thing back to them. Mm-hmm. But she hated Harry so much I mean well you know there's this I'm going to call it a meme out there on Facebook and it's talking about Umbridge when she wants to talk about um, remember they learn theories about dueling and defense and not allowed to actually practice Mm-hmm. And it, she goes into that. And where do you think you're going to need this? And he starts listing off. Harry starts listing off everything that's happened to him. And he's like, "So I believe that's a whatever percent chance that something's going to try to attack me this year." Did I get the math right, Hermione? And she goes, "Yes, yes, you did." 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Um, like, let's go through all, even just my DADA professors. Right. Had one that literally tried to sell me out to Voldemort, one that tried to obliviate me, one that tried to eat me accidentally while he was in werewolf form, <laughs> another one that wasn't who he claimed to be and also tried to sell me out to Voldemort. We're going four mm. for four here. It's not looking good. The odds are not in your favor, Umbridge. <laughs> I mean, the only good thing that came from her was the fact that they formed Dumbledore's army. Yeah. So, um, that's the only good thing. Yep. So, you know, her um, idea of detention was let's make this child write with their own blood by carving into their own hand. Right? Enough times that it scars. Yes. Yes. Um, and that's, you know, when she couldn't control the staff, Fudge made her the High Inquisitor. So, of course, you get her going into every classroom and checking on every teacher. She even pissed Snape off. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, it's bad for Harry to get to the point where he's like, I don't know who I hate more, Snape or Umbridge. That's saying something. Right? Yes. Now, I mean, Harry was biased. I would say that because he didn't know everything Snape was actually doing. Um, We've talked about that. But, you know, so he's going into this blind and going yeah who do I hate more the guy who's consistently I've had issues with for the last four and a half years or this person that I just met six months ago like for her to immediately come up to the point where she's equal to or greater than somebody that Harry has hated for four solid years is right you have to do a lot of bad in a school year to compete with four years of previous bad experience (laughs) So let's talk about her, and this is something I had found on Lexicon. Um, let's talk about her versus the Hogwarts faculty. Mm. Um, she did not discipline Flitwick, but he treated her like a guest. But Flit- Flitwick, in, in his defense, is very non-confrontational. Yeah. He's just, I'm going to get along with everyone because I don't need any problems. Um... Trelawney, she put her on probation and her classes were inspected repeatedly. Um, Which I feel like people almost always perform worse when they're being watched. Oh, yeah. Uh, When Umbridge attempted to dismiss her, Dumbledore blocked her removal from the castle and appointed Frenzy to teach divination. Um, McGonagall, openly hostile. I wonder why. When McGonagall tried to stop Hagrid's eviction, I forgot about this, Umbridge's henchmen shot her with four stunners. Yeah. And somehow McGonagall survived. Mm-hmm. Uh, Professor Grubbly Plank approved. 
Snape, relatively, oh, and I had forgotten about this. Okay, so relatively passive under her pointed questions about his interest in the Defense Against the Dark Arts position. Put on probation anyway when he refused to make a second batch of Veritaserum. And it wasn't even that he refused. It's that he was like, well, it takes a month to brew. And then Umbridge is like, you're being unhelpful. You're on probation. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that was his way of, he was very much one of those, I'm going to insult you or refuse you. Not outright, but I'm going to be kind of low key about it. That was his way of being low key about it and pissing her off. Which gets two thumbs up for me. Just anyone who wants to piss her off. I yeah. don't care if it's Snape or anyone. He, they want to piss her off. I'm down for it. Are you quite sure you wouldn't like a cough drop, Dolores? <laughs> um, and then, of course, you know, Hagrid. Um, his classes were inspected repeatedly before and after he was put on probation. Um... Umbridge and five other ministry officials tried to evict him one night, but he escaped with Fang beyond the boundaries of Hogwarts. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, her things that you were talking about were educational decrees. Educational decrees. There you go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's the other thing that makes Umbridge so universally unliked because at least for me like there was an authority figure in my past who reminded me a lot of Umbridge and like that's why I really have not reread Order of the Phoenix much at all since dealing with this person because it just brings back all of these memories of how I felt when I was being talked to like that and how mm-hmm. she treats them all like they're five years old and does not treat them with the respect that the other teachers teach this treat the students with and is totally unreasonable totally unwilling to listen she doesn't even try to meet them a quarter of the way like it's her way or the highway and there is no arguing or debating or any of that it's just that she is right and you must agree you must obey or you will have consequences. Right. Here's one of her decrees, by the way. And this this one annoys me highly. Teachers are hereby banned from giving students any information that is not strict, strictly related to the subjects they are paid to teach. Okay. Now... Let's let's pretend for a minute, for example, that um, let's say Snape's a friendly professor for a second. Let's just pretend for a second, okay? Shut it. Um, now there are different subjects that. kind of mix okay uh arithmancy and potions for example potions is math based arithmancy is math okay 
Now, what if we won't say Hermione because we know he'd probably just tell her to shut up and go away. But let's say another teacher came to him and said, you know, you were talking about this, but I was looking at the arithmetic for this because he's got to be brilliant at both to do one job, to do potions, okay? So if they were to go with him, he couldn't even say, oh, yes, I can help you with this because technically he doesn't teach the other subject. Not to mention, okay. we're, we're talking about a boarding school. Like, yeah, these parents can send letters to their parents by owl, but what are these kids supposed to do when they've got an emergency or they need to talk through something or... In the great hall, if some kid is being rowdy, the teacher can't get after the kid for being rowdy. Like, that's right, because entirely is, impractical. Right, because this is such a broad spectrum of this. The, 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 it is so worded. You know, um, and of course, she didn't like McGonagall. So, oh, here's another one. Charms and Transfiguration are closely linked subjects. Yep. Someone wants to go right, someone wants to go to McGonagall. Hey, I have a question about this because it relates to this charm thing. What do you have to do? Go ask Flitwick part of your question and then McGonagall part of your question? No. I think it really demonstrates the fact that her educational decrees were not logical. They were emotional rest decisions. And it was not her actually trying to better the school. It was her trying to further her own agenda. Well, okay, one of them. The High Inquisitor will henceforth have supreme authority over all punishments, sanctions, and removal of privileges pertaining to the students of Hogwarts and the power to alter such punishments, sanctions, and removals of privileges as may have been ordered by other staff members. So, okay, We'll use Snape as an example again. Okay, because he liked to dole out punishments. Okay. Now, I don't think we ever saw Hermione get detention. But... Only when she was out of bed in book one. I'm, I'm talking about, like, in that class, time yeah. here. No, I'm talking about this book era. era. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um... So what if he got irritated with her and gave her detention? Does this mean... Uh, this means, by this, Umbridge could have come behind and said, you know what? No, she... she, You gave her detention for one night. I'm saying she has detention for a month. Yep. As much as he didn't like Hermione, he wouldn't have done something like that. Yeah. No. No, 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 no. No. Um... That one was just, oh, she frustrates me. And I think we've all known someone like Umbridge. Yeah. And I think it goes to show just how much every other professor hated her that, like, her first day as headmaster is the day that Fred and George decide to release the fireworks all over the school. And now it was kind of done okay in the movies, but it's much better in the books. Oh, yeah. Because it's not just, like, in the Great Hall and then they fly off. No, no, no. They are setting them off in corridors, in classrooms, all over the place. And it is going, it's like midday when they set them off, 
and they are going like the students go to bed and there's still fireworks outside going off that are spelling out bad words and chasing people taunting people and all the professors instead of dealing with it themselves which they are perfectly capable of doing send for umbrage and they're like oh i wasn't sure i had the authority to deal with it in my classroom so i needed you to come deal with it so she spends her entire first day in office as it were chasing down rogue fireworks <laughs> and then there's the swamp mm-hmm. red and george with the, little, with the little patch that gets left behind <laughs> yeah Flipmix's like oh i couldn't get rid of that part <laughs> sure you couldn't right i do think it's funny how she asks fred and george like is this your idea of a joke and Fred's like, yeah, we we thought it was pretty amusing, actually. Stuart's <laughs> so sarcastic, I swear. Mm-hmm. Fred and George are my spirit animals. <laughs> That's who we should dress up as for Leaky Con. <laughs> Fred and George. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, because we look like twins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we look so much alike. As you can tell from our cover art, you know, which has Michelle with her dark red, purpley, curly, long hair, and then me with my short brown hair that's completely straight. Yep, we look a ton alike. We should... I should go on the What Is Thing World website and order us friend George sweaters. <laughs> And this is why my leaky con budget keeps growing. Because Red is sitting away with her jaw hanging on the floor. And I can see the light bulb going off over her head. Yeah, so we just need, like, red wigs and then, like, heck, we could even just get, like, cheap t-shirts and just, like, paint an F and a G on them. <laughs> Sorry about that tangent, folks. She's not sorry about that tangent, folks. <laughs> okay, you're not wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, this this is just <gasps> what happens when you have two neurodiv- neurodivergent hosts talking about something that they're passionate about. It's much more fun to talk about Fred and George than it is about Umbridge. <laughs> oh, neurotypical people are probably going, what is wrong with these two? How did you connect that? If you would like the entire list that's wrong with us, please email us at GryffindorCommonRoomPod at gmail.com. I don't have that list. I've not had enough doctor's appointments. We'll give you the the short list. It'll still take us a month to get to it, and then we may or may not remember. Poor Lucy has just been like trying to contact us and we're like, we do want you on the show. We just keep forgetting to respond. We promise it's not you. So we're sorry, Lucy. <laughs> Life is just chaos right now. Okay. 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 Back on to Umbridge. Okay. So don't forget to um, she as much as she quote-unquote, loves Cornelius Fudge, okay? Don't forget, she is the one 
that set the Dementors um, on Harry. Yep, yep. So... She does things behind Fudge's back all the time and just uses him as a means to her end goals. And she she does say what Cornelius doesn't know won't hurt him. Which is not true. Right. And then when she's, you know, back at the ministry, um, she got the policy of putting muggle-born wizards in Azkaban. And yep. remember, there was that registration thing all Muggleborns had to do? Yep. And then she not only sits there interrogating them and being like, well, if you can't prove that you've got a witch or wizard in your family background, then you're, you are not a witch or wizard. You stole your wand. You didn't buy it. She's doing so happily enough that she can have a Patronus guarding her from the Dementor. Like, that's how happy and in her element she is. While she's interrogating these people. And right. I mean, the good news is, after the war, she did get arrested. Mm-hmm. She was sent to Azkaban. For crimes against smuggleborns. Yeah. Um... You know, Which is when only her... fair. She's one of the few people I would say actually deserves Azkaban. Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone on our list deserved Azkaban. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, she... She was a half-blood, and yet she denied her mother and pretended to be a full-blood. Her brother was a squib and she just pretended he didn't exist. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they disappeared into the muggle world and she denied. Yep. All the better for her. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, I do feel bad for Amalda Staunton who played her though because <laughs> the poor woman she said she's like you know everyone said oh you'd be perfect for Umbridge Umbridge is described as having um, as being toad like and she's like thanks guys yeah <laughs> yeah not not a flattering character to be like oh yeah you looked so great for that role But she did a killer job. I mean, she made you hate Umbridge even more. Oh, yeah, for sure. And she did a great job um, with, with that hated happy voice that she always had. Like she was smiling. Oh, I just want to yank her hair out. One yeah. strand at a time. Yeah. All right. Anything else? I, I will say my, my last thing here is anyone who has not read the books, um, 
remember that if you hate these characters as much as I do, you owe it to the actors for making you hate them so much because those actors did a phenomenal job in their roles. Yep. Um, and if you hate them even more after watching the movies, like I hate some of them more, uh, again, it's all due to the actors and their talents with that. They were amazing. Yep. Absolutely amazing. So. All right. Well, All right. We're now on to Quizler. All right. Uh, so my question for you, what Wizarding World drink would you most like to try? Butterbeer. That n- none of the other ones interest you? Or at least not as much? Mm, the fire whiskey. Mm. But I imagine fire whiskey tastes a lot like um, fireball. Probably. So, I mean, that's just how I've always thought of it. Mm-hmm. So Now, which butter form beer? of butterbeer? Because at least in the parks, you've got, you can get it hot. Iced, frozen, hot. Yeah. Okay. Hot. I've just always thought of butterbeer as something on a cold day. Mm-hmm. A nice warm drink to sit around our common room, huddled up by the fire and, and sip on it. Mm-hmm. Someday we'll make it to Universal together and then we'll get our butterbeers in the Lakey Cauldron and walk through yes. Diagon Alley arm in arm. As I have the death mark on my arm and I show it to all the Death Eaters because we do it at Halloween. (coughs) Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? (laughs) (laughs) Your Slytherin is showing again, Michelle. (laughs) I'm wearing my Slytherin shirt today. Oh my goodness. My Slytherin is not just showing. It is first and foremost today. Great. <laughs> All right. So, what would you say if you had to pick a beverage? Probably the hot butter beer as well. I've tried a couple of the different ones at Universal, and that one's just my favorite. Okay, I get it's that. It's about forty-five carbs. In case any of the rest of you are diabetic and are wondering how to bolus for it, it's it's around forty forty-five ish carbs. Which, if you walk around constantly, you will be fine. <laughs> Mm-hmm. As Red mm-hmm. has experienced. Yeah, the the best was one my friend surprised me with a day in Universal last January and uh, I got a hot butterbeer in the morning and then I had in the evening I had my own frozen butterbeer and then it was too sweet for her so she only wanted half of hers so I got to finish the rest of hers as well. <laughs> that is a lot of butterbeer. It was. I had to get it in while I was there. <laughs> Uh, yes, we, we need to, I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think we'll be able to make it happen this year, but next year we no. should have Halloween. Someday, someday. You know, it would be great if they do it, uh, Leaky Con in Orlando again. Oh my gosh. That would be amazing. I know. Because I'd be all about that. I'd be like, yep, uh, Universal and Leaky Con in the same, oh yeah, I'd take a few extra days off of work, so... 
All right. So my question to you, of the characters we just listed, if you had Hermione's time turner and could go back and Avada one of them, which one would you pick and why? Let's see. I feel like Barty Crouch and Lucius Malfoy, like, they're bad, but they didn't have as great of an impact as the other ones, and so that wouldn't accomplish as much. I think there were enough other Death Eaters that killing Bellatrix wouldn't, like, prevent the damage and harm that she did. Somebody else would have just taken her place. So now I'm trying to decide between Greyback and and uh, Greyback and Umbridge. I think for similar reasoning to Bellatrix, I would have to go with Fenrir because, yeah, there might not have been somebody who was quite as bad as Umbridge, but I think a lot of the things that she did would have still happened even if it wasn't her specifically that was doing it because it was under fudge's orders yeah so like would the dementors have been sent after harry and dudley maybe maybe not but like you know her going to hogwarts as the defense against the dark arts teacher and not actually teaching anything and all of that i think yeah yeah so I'm going to say Fenrir. Okay. What would you say? Bellatrix. Okay. Can you guess why? Because of her torturing people? Besides that, she killed Sirius. Uh, makes sense. I am saving my Sirius. <laughs> and then I shall give him snuggles. As long as Snape doesn't get jealous. Okay. <laughs> you knew that was coming. Come on. Yeah, somehow we always end up back here. Every time. <laughs> but no, it it would be because it, it would save Sirius. And while, yes, Barty Crouch Jr. was involved in the Longbottom's torture, I think Bellatrix is more responsible. Yeah. The ringleader of the lot, if you will. Exactly. So, I, you know, that that saves the Longbottoms, potentially. Um, and it does save Sirius. So, and then it keeps Hermione from being tortured by her as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then which keeps Ron's heart from breaking during that whole thing. I know. I know. And Harry's too. I mean, yeah, it's a different type of heartbreak, but like, Hermione really is his best friend and basically like his sister. I mean. Yeah. I still say it was harder on Ron. Yeah. For But like you said, it, it, it's different reasoning for that. 
so yeah. they were both close with her so right yes all right all right <clears throat> so all right we don't have a voicemail oh we do have an email should i still play oh, the do. music yeah do it because it's fun <laughs> We do have an email, remember? <laughs> or, sorry, well, um, a comment, not an email. Comment. Oh, Jeez. I'm like looking through our inbox, like, email? Email from who? What did I miss? Oh, it was a comment. Okay. Yes. It, it is from Catherine. Uh, great episode, ladies. Loved it. And thank you. Loved the breakdown. I sent Michelle the info. I tried emailing, but my phone is stupid. <laughs> Which is pretty much the same comment she made to me when she messaged me. She's like, my phone is stupid. I tried emailing. Didn't work. It's all good. So thank you. We're glad that you enjoyed it. Yes. And your package will be sent out shortly. Um, just let everyone know. I'm not going to tell everyone uh, what she won until she gets the package because I don't want to spoil it for her. But she is a Ravenclaw. So there is a Ravenclaw themed item in there and i'll leave it at that so yeah. all right and yes just to let you know uh if you do win any of our prizes when we put them out there do let us know your house because there will be house specific things in there and if you're for example a hufflepuff i don't want to be sending you slytherin stuff that would just be really cool no all righty yeah. so that's that for this episode. Whew. Yeah. Just bring it on in. Don't forget, we are on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Discord. The link is in the show notes. Don't forget, you can send us a voicemail or an email. Uh, for a voicemail, if you go under the show notes, there is a link to do that. And our email is GryffindorCommonRoomPod at gmail.com. Have we decided on a topic for next week? I thought we did. <laughs> Why do you ask me this stuff? Like, Because I don't remember and it's not on our calendar. Which means it doesn't exist in my mind. But I feel like we had talked about it and I don't remember. Didn't we? Wait a minute. Were we recording with Lucy next week? No, that's... No, that's uh, yeah, first that's right. That's one week. Yeah, that's yeah. when I get back from Ohio. Which I don't think we did an episode, but oh yes, I don't think we wait. Did we pick a top? I don't. I feel like I would have put it in the calendar because I put this week's topic in the calendar. Anyway, we'll have a cool episode for you guys next week once we decide. Yeah. Remember, we do have a. We actually have a document. It's a whole list of things we want to cover. So, but also, if there's anything you would like to request we cover, send us an email. Yes. Um, also, we talked about this before the show. We will be starting this, I believe we said around September, October time frame. We will be doing a breakdown of all the houses. We will be doing one episode where we talk about all the houses. And then each month we will be covering a separate house. So uh, if you are a Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff 
or Slytherin and want to talk about your house when we get around to covering it, do let us know. Like giving everyone a heads up so that we can pick our little person to help us out with that. So, mm-hmm. and that right, doesn't guys. include Gryffindor. We want another Gryffindor guest for the Gryffindor episode. That's going to be chaotic. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> it wouldn't be Gryffindor if it wasn't chaotic. <laughs> it would be even better is if their secondary house was Slytherin. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it's going to be an adventure. Slytherin and Gryffindor covered in one episode. Who knew? All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's topic. And we will talk to you next week. I'm your host, Retta. And I'm your host, Michelle. Bye. Bye. Bye.